welcome back to Backbeat Conversations. On this podcast, we like to talk about all the facets of the music industry and bridge the gaps between them. So I'm Julianne Francis, and I'm here with my co-host, Elena Henry. Hi, guys. And this week, our guest is the York Volume signed artist, The Hawkshaws. Hello. Hi. So can you each give the listeners a brief introduction of yourself? And because you appear this way on my screen, I'm going to start with Alex. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Alex. I play bass uh, for the for the Hawkshaws. <laughs> All right. Then we'll go to Gabe. My name's Gabe. I play the drums and do backing vocals. And now we're going to go to Mike. Hey, I'm Michael. I play guitar in the Hawkshaws. And now Brian. Hey, I'm Brian. I sing, lead vocals, and I play rhythm guitar, and I play keys in the Hawkshaws. So can you guys tell us uh, how the Hawkshaws got started and where that name came from? Okay. Um, the Hawkshaws got started, so it's a long story, but we'll, we'll condense it for the sake of, uh, the sake of media. So back in, we've been playing together, not as the Hawkshaws, but as a band for about 10 years now. We started in high school um, about all our sophomore and Michael's junior year, um, because Michael's a year ahead of the rest of us. Um, And basically, Gabe wanted to start a band. Um, So Gabe came to me first, I think, and said, hey, I want to start a band. I hear you play guitar. Do you want to start a band with me? And I said, no. Because I didn't want to. And I said, but I said, uh, who else is in the band? And he said, well, no one. It's just me. And I said, okay, find a bass player and then I'll join the band. And then he's like, okay. And then I went, phew, I'll never see that guy again in my life. And then, um, Alex, do you want to take over from here? Um, yeah. So uh, Gabe was like, uh, hey, <laughs> Uh, I hear you play bass. And I said, what's your name? <laughs> um, because I think him and I met maybe once. and In he passing. Intro- in passing. <laughs> and he introduced himself to me twice. But it turns out once was his older brother who – and I thought they were the same person at first because, you know, I like before high school, I had like 30 faces in my brain. You know, that was it. And uh, so you see someone in passing, they say, hey, you see them like a week later, they kind of look the same and they're like, hey, same disposition. So he's like, you want to play bass in my band? I got um, this guy, Brian Loy, uh, in my band. And that's the reason I joined was because um, I've known Brian since fifth grade. We used to sing uh, songs on the bus together when we were bored. Yeah, you know those kids on your school bus that were like singing songs and you're like, God, I wish these kids were not on my bus. Me and Alex were those kids. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> technically, but I just wanna... Go technically ahead, Brian, Brian wasn't, even in, wasn't even in the band. I just told Alex, hey, he's yeah, in the band. Yeah, I was about to say, Gabe was <laughs> straight up hustle. Yeah, yeah. Like, Gabe straight up hustled Alex. He, he, he's, he's like, mom says I can go to the movies if you say it's okay. <laughs> and then you go back to mom and dad said it's okay if you said it's okay and that's what that's what that's what gabe did yeah so so gabe got alex and then subsequently he came back to me and he said hey uh alex is playing bass and i was like okay i know alex i'll play guitar so we started as the three of us just jamming in gabe's basement and then we I'll, I'll skip long story short so we wanted a singer we didn't know who to sing we learned about mike from a mutual friend and Mike was going to come audition to be our singer. And then Mike came. And he was really good at guitar, but he wasn't that good at singing. So we we're like, hey, Mike, do you just want to be our guitar player? And Mike was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. And, yeah. <laughs> and, Mike, and Mike and I knew each other from te- uh, tech club at school for building like the sets for drama production. And Mike did all the lights and sound as well. So we knew each other um, like vaguely through there. Yeah, so that's how the band got started. We had a couple other singers through high school and early college, um, but I would say it was like 2016 when we changed the name to the Hawkshaws and it officially just became the four of us. Like we weren't looking for anyone else to be in the band with us anymore, really. Um, we we had two singers and then I started singing because Alex and Michael saw me sing at an open mic and came up to me and were like, what the fuck? <laughs> we're looking for a singer and you can sing and you're the singer now. And I was like, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we went through like so many auditions of random people, and yeah. then we're like, oh god, we we're running out of ideas. We're in a small town. There's fucking no one, no one else. And then we see Brian playing with Gabe and uh, this. I what's his name? Zach Southern. I can't remember his name. Zach Neighbors. Uh, Zach Neighbors. I'm thinking of the another guy, but they're playing Beatles covers, and Brian's just killing it on stage. And we're and Alex and I both look at each other like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Why did he not ever say this shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when your your parents eat out every night and then they cook one time and it's delicious and you're like, why are we not doing this? <laughs> it's every eighties rock like teen teen like romance movie. It's like, oh, he's been here the whole time. <laughs> I'm out there looking for love, but love is where I left it. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a six foot two, at the time, 230 pound Brian Loy. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay. uh, so fast forward to 2016, we, our name was Stone Age Rhapsody for like the longest time. And then we were like, this is a dumb, this is a stupid name. It doesn't mean anything. Let's be a name that we actually come up with together that means something. Um, so we, we decided we wanted to be a the band. The, yeah. Like, we're like, I don't know what the name should be, but it should probably be the something, like the Eagles or the 1975. Like it should be a the. So we went through a couple options, and Alex found this. Like I don't even know how. Alex, you want to tell it? I don't know how you found it. Okay. Um. So the so there's a play called Ticket of Leave Man. Um. I've never seen the play. I just read a synopsis of it, and um. Basically, there's this guy. Uh. He's a detective. And his last name is Hawkshaw, and it's his job to get to the bottom of some like, uh, like simple but playworthy mystery. <laughs> and um, but the reason I found that was I was looking for synonyms essentially online for uh, things that I thought gelled with us as a band. So I was looking up for um, synonyms for detective because we like to get to the bottom of things in our songs. Uh, and so the, uh, one of the synonyms came up as Hawkshaw. And so I went down that rabbit hole and I was like, oh, we should be the Hawkshaws. And we all said, well, that's better than any of our ideas. Yeah. That's way better than what we were thinking. It's way better than Stone Age Rhapsody or the Nads. (laughs) (laughs) It was also pretty much unanimous too. Like, I think it was, it was phased because we hadn't seen each other because we were all like in, you know, different colleges at the time. And I remember, like, I think I was the last person they they brought it to. They're like, I got a band name. I'm like, good. What It could be any, anything is better than what we have. And they're like, the Hawk Shots. And I was like, yep, that's exactly it. Like, there was no question. Yeah. And all the band names we went through in high school and through, like, early college always was met with, like, contention. And that was yeah. the one that just, like, immediately stuck. We were yeah. actually in Wolf. We were in, um, we were in Wolf Hall sitting in the lobby, the four of us, when we decided. I remember. Yeah. So yeah, that's sorry that was long winded, but that's that's the yeah. story. <laughs> that was pretty great though. Yes, that was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to know because when they said the Hawkshaws were coming in, I was like, "What? The what?" Yeah, no, like, it's okay. It- that's that's the usual reaction. <laughs> yeah, I- sometimes we spell our own name wrong on our merch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, God. So um, I know Brian works in music management, but the other three of you chose not to make music your full-time job was it just not what you wanted to do or was there a specific reason anybody could take that question well i have a lot of anxiety so uh, (laughs) even even now like when we play i still get really anxious so i can't i can't do that (laughs) full-time that's fair um i've always liked computers so i originally like in high school i was actually gonna i wanted to go to school for film and then I realized I'm a really bad filmmaker. Like I love all the technology around it, but I'm not a. I don't think I'm that good of a filmmaker. Um, and uh, I'm the least talented musician in our band, so that was never a thought. I at no point was like I should go to school for music. No, like when we started the band ten years ago, um, someone was like, "Oh, you want you're gonna go to school for music?" No, definitely not. So uh, computers just worked better. Like I've been writing code since I was 11, so mm-hmm. that just seemed to be the the right direction for me to go um uh, for me i I didn't understand a lot of how college worked i thought you could only really go to college for like 
a class you took in high school. So it was like, oh, you can major in like 10 things, you know, music, math, chemistry, physics, biology, English. I was like, I think that's it. I think there's 10 degrees. And, and, and so <laughs> I thought if I majored in music, it would be music performance. I didn't know if there were other options. And, and so I just didn't, I didn't really feel like kind of exploring more into it. And also my parents did a great job of kind of using reverse psychology on me. They were like, oh, you know, after high school, if you want to take a couple years off, just focus on the band, like, like skip, like, like hold off on college for a little bit and like live at home and just save money, uh, you know, you can do that. And I was like, no, I got to get out on my own. I got to get a real degree. And and they were like, okay. And um, Good and, luck. And, yeah. And so I was a, I became a chemistry major, and that was four years of my life that I wasted. And then I changed to IT. I now, saw that I'm, adventure, uh, and uh, it uh, nearly killed me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So what's it like to have a uh, a day job, uh, but like still be in the band? Because obviously, like being in a band also takes a lot of work. I think it it so it happened in like I, for me it was like I was I was the first one to like graduate college, so we all got to. It was interesting seeing everyone go through the phases of like, why is Michael always busy? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. so the next person getting a job going, oh, now I get it. Okay. And then pr- proceeding with that. But yeah. um, the thing is, like, it's it definitely has changed um, over probably in the last four or so years. When we decided to become, like, the Hawkshaws, that's, I think, right when I was right when I was graduating college. Um, so it was funny. I was working a job where it was very difficult because I lived, like, 50 miles from where I worked. And that sucked. Um, and then I moved farther away from everybody to be closer to that job. Um, and now I work remote. I mean, now everybody basically works remote, but I was mm-hmm. working remote before all this shit happened. And uh, it's made it a bit easier to do that. But also because we're so distributed, it, it let, led us to at least led me to investing more into equipment at home just to make sure that like if we do recording, which we've done from time to time. We can still do that without having to be in like the same room. Because we all live pretty far from each other at this point. Yeah, I think having, like, I don't know. It's obviously everyone's at different points in their lives with priorities. Like Michael said, like, once we, like, Michael got a job and we're like, Michael's always busy. And then we started getting jobs and we're like, oh, now we're always busy. Oh, no, this is life. Oh, God, is this forever? (laughs) You know, it's like that moment. But yeah, I think it's important that we've all we've all recognized that for each other. Like, we've all come to a mutual understanding, like, hey, everyone has a job and everyone has other responsibilities that aren't just hanging out in Gabe's basement and making music anymore. And that's okay. That's life. Come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's, we still all care about the project. Like, that is the band. Like, it's not like we stopped caring. We did other things because we stopped caring. We just had other things to do, but we never stopped caring as a band. So it's hard, but it's definitely... In some ways, it's more rewarding when we do get to do stuff now. Like, it's not like there was a point where we would practice like almost every weekend, like in college, and it just became really frustrating because everyone was driving places and there was a lot of pressure to like get something done in that practice because we weren't going to see each other for another week or we weren't going to, you know, we had a show the next weekend and we weren't going to practice before that show. So it was really important that we practice right now and it got, you know, stressful. But now I think it's a lot we're a lot more understanding of each other and respectful of each other's time. So it's really like, there's obviously pressure to do stuff, but it's like a positive pressure. Like we are all really excited to get whatever we're doing that day done. And we're just excited to see each other also. Like I think in anything you're doing, especially a band, sometimes it can feel like a chore and I'm sure it definitely has for all four of us, probably at different points for each person. But it's, it's really great that just now, we, we have our lives and we still have the band and the band still means a lot to us. And it, it's something for me, at least it, it almost means even more because it's my outlet outside of my job. Like I have something else and I think everyone should have that when you have a day job because it gets a lot. <laughs> okay. You should definitely have a hobby for sure. Um, I don't <laughs> think I'd be playing music if I wasn't in a ba- in this band. Realistically, mm-hmm. I would have given up guitar when I was 15 and just been like, nah, I'm bored. Ah, uh, but we gotcha. <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> 
trap. And, and Leo Fender thanks you for your contribution. <laughs> um, I agree with Brian. Uh, it's it's nice that the way we set things up, the band is always the at least since we kind of come to the kind of the arrangement we have now, the band is always the the vessel to like release any creative energy or tension you have, you know, built up from your day job. When the band is your day job, how do you relax? It's kind of, it's, it's hard, especially when your best friends are your coworkers in that sense. Um, also all of us having, you know, regular jobs, it's added this kind of perf- like level of professionalism and time management to when we do get together, we're much more productive. It used to take us, you know, an, an hour, hour and a half to get started at practice um, because we just wanted to talk. We just wanted to, you know, like mess around and, and catch up. But we, we, we've gotten better at kind of functioning as like a, a project group as opposed to, you know, four people who met essentially became a band before they knew each other and then got to know each other while in the band. It's, it's, it's an, it's a nice like level to our relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just want to know why so many of you have cats and I also want to know their names. Um, well, we, <laughs> I, I didn't put this ever. So I wrote my bio first and then everyone wrote theirs and everyone was much better than mine. Um, but we, <laughs> we all actually have cats. Um, I have a cat. I have one cat. His name is Benny, like the Elton John song, Benny and the Jets. So that's yes. mine. Alex, your turn. So uh, I do everything. I do everything first. I was the first one to start drinking. I was the first one to start doing drugs. Uh, and I was the first one. And I was the first one to have cats. So uh, you take my, responsibility I, for that. Yeah, all three of those things I take responsibility for for everybody. <laughs> um, and the, the you can cut that out uh, if you want. Uh, I mean, the, I kind of I don't want to. Okay. Um, so the, uh, the, the, my cat, I have three cats. They, their names are, uh, Peppy, well, Pepper, Rosemary, and Toblerone. Um, all, all pets in my, under my roof have to be named after food. That's like a rule. Uh, it's just my rule. Uh, I don't like when, I don't like animals with people names and I don't like people with animal names. And so, uh, we call them Peppy, Rosie, and Toby. Gabe, you're up. Oh well, uh, my cat is uh, actually my girlfriend's cat that we that we uh, took from her parents' house. She grew up with her. Uh, her name is Corky. Um, she's very needy. Um, she Aww. needs to have her litter box cleaned, or she will meow at me um, until I clean it, or she'll just decide to pee right next to it, just right <laughs> next, just right, right next there to on it. the floor. <laughs> um, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> and she only eats specific types of food. It has to be shredded. It can't be the the pate or whatever it's called. Yeah, Gabe's cat is the bougie cat. Yeah, she's yeah. really bougie. Um, <laughs> the rest of got... our cats came from the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except she had she got brain damage when she was uh, like a kitten or just like a little baby, and so she can't meow properly. She just screeches into the air. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's so cute, and and she just loves being she's picked so up. So she's awesome. And the most recent cat owner, Michael. Yeah, so I have a I have a bonded pair. They are sisters. They're Siamese mixes. Their name, their full names are um, Morticia Adams and Lily Munster. We call them Tish and Lily. Um, nice. Lily is a standard looking Siamese. Uh, Tish is like a. They're both tortoiseshell. Um, they're very pretty cats. They are extremely vocal. They love to just scream at me, um, as, as Siamese do. Um, it's to the point where when I'm on video calls, I'll actually have to like mute my mic and just be like, hold on a second. I got to go make my cat go away for a second. Um, but they're extremely affectionate and they're very cute and they're very long. They're very weird looking cats, but they're very cute. I have so many pictures. I can send, I can send you that and you can put it in the clip if you want. So please. Yes sweet i just love to hear about people's pets that's one of my favorite things so as julianne said in our intro on this podcast we like to point out how all the different parts of the industry connect so i have a question for brian so what does being a music manager entail what do you do Um, (laughs) (laughs) brian thinks being a, a music manager means 
essentially being like the fifth member of a band. You know, like the guy in the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones who just dances on stage, like. Yeah. But he also he's also but he's also managing on the side. Um, so it's 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 your job to kind of be a part of the experience so that you yourself can better market uh, the band. How was that, Brian? That was pretty good. Um, there we go. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I mean, for for my job specifically, music manager is kind of a very loose title to describe what I do. With my company, we specialize in um, now digital content because of the state of the world. But we specialize in uh, theme park and cruise ship and other sorts of live entertainment. So I've done everything from arranging shows, casting, um, writing shows, doing tracks for shows, being in shows, tracking shows, like instruments I play. Um, so I think you guys have said it on this podcast before. You, you just wear a lot of hats. I do basically anything I'm asked to do unless it's literally out of my physical capabilities. But I mean, lately with everything going on, I've been doing a lot of video and audio editing just to produce content for our company. We just did like a huge, uh, like 25 person collaboration on an Elton John song. And I edited all the audio for that, which was fun. That was like a hundred tracks of audio. So that was cool. But yeah, so it, it just, it means doing a lot of what's needed in the moment. That's a good description. So how important do you think communication is in your job? Oh, extremely. I mean, we're, especially now, I mean, we're basically just always communicating because content has to be put out in such a steady manner and we have so many deadlines now for our content just because that's that's our main focus now because there's not we're not putting on live concerts we're not setting up shows at theme parks um we're just putting out content for people with our performers collaborating with people we've worked with people we haven't um so we're we're constantly communicating i know a lot of companies us included use a platform called slack um i know alex gabe and michael use it as well in their jobs just you just have specified channels for each project who's in the project um, but it's really important to just be able to communicate quickly and efficiently. So it's, to answer your question, short form, it's extremely important. Yeah, quick and efficient communication, I think, is important in every field, but especially in music and arts. Absolutely. Because yeah. you can get lost in, like, all the little details of it. Oh, is... yeah. I, I mean, just with, like, you really have to keep up with things too because sometimes if you're involved in something you step away from your phone for a minute and there's 20 messages when you get back and you need to read each one of them and make sure you didn't miss a task so super important to be diligent with your communication and i know that you sometimes audition performers so what do you look for in performers when you're auditioning um that's a good question um it's really more than anything, it's about personality. I mean, I'd rather have, I'd rather hire a good person who is a good player than an amazing player who is a bad person. Just because at the end of the day, whether I'm working with them on the project or I'm hiring them for a client's project or hiring them for a summer residency, it, at the end of the day, we want someone who's going to be, you know, they understand what the job is and they're interested in that job and they know what it takes as a person to do that job, not even as a musician. The musician stuff can come later. You can even learn to be better at the musician aspect of the job on the job. I mean, even though that's not ideal, you can do it if you're you want to do the job enough. So, I mean, I've seen people who are the best players, some of the best players I've ever met, and they just falter in a theme park or cruise ship environment because they're not personable. They're not used to leading a show. They're not used to performing Um, Because, I mean, you see tons of people that can play their instruments well, but that's half the battle with the sort of thing I look for. Because you have to be able to maintain an audience. You have to be able to engage that audience and make them... It's really about making sure the audience is a part of the show as much as they are watching the show. Because you want them to sit there and enjoy it, but you want them to feel like they left the show being like, wow. Like, I I always tell performers, too, that are going to do, like, theme park shows. Like, people come here for the roller coasters, but you want them to talk about you when they leave. They're not coming for you, even on cruise ships, too. They're not coming for you. They're coming for this vacation or this roller coaster or this funnel, this funnel cake, this corn dog, whatever. They're not they're, most people when they go to a park, they don't even expect to see a show unless they're regulars. But if you can leave an impact on them that when they leave, they say, oh, yeah. And at X, Y, Z Park, I saw this really amazing band. Like then you've left 
something with them. So you should always strive for that. That's what I really look for and in a person. I got this and really good corn dog. <laughs> corn dog was fantastic. I saw a fantastic band and I had a fantastic corn dog all over. Yeah. Great trip. It was exactly. fantastic. <laughs> so we're going to do our little segment that we call our shut up and let me do it moment. So in this industry, we feel there's often a moment of unexpected validation when you realize how much you've grown. And here on Backbeat Conversations, we call that our shut up and let me do it moment inspired by Carly Patrick, who you all know, because she said that at a panel and it was, I don't know why, but it's just kind of become a thing. So can you tell us all your shut up and let me do it moment? And we'll start with Alex. So can I have the, the prompt one more time of, of what it is? <laughs> it's like a, you said unexpected validation of how much you've grown. Yes. Like, like it just like a, and some people say like, it's been my whole life or I have many or like whatever. Oh, um, I was uh, obsessed with effects pedals when the band, when the band first like formed. I don't know why, uh, I really wanted to have like an effect for everything. I wanted to use an effect on a different song. And I ended up with this huge pedal board that was this, just this monster to carry around and had all of these issues and not a single show happened where I didn't have some sort of technical problem. And then eventually I, I, I realized that what I need to just do is downsize and just use what I need. And, and instead of adding all of these different kind of components to my set to actually just be a better player, and so I have I have a smaller pedal board that's just I think uh, only it's only two effects pedals and then it's a tuner and a, a line selector and and that's all I've needed for the last couple of years mm-hmm. and I, and that's probably and that's when I probably realized uh, my it's my shut up and let me do it moment <laughs> and uh, next we go to Gabe sorry I'm still thinking I. Can he skip me? He still hasn't done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still haven't done it. He's he's still shutting up. He doesn't. He's not doing it. Yet. <laughs> Do it. Aww. Yeah, come back to me. Come back to me. All right, we'll go to Mike then. I'll text you yours, Gabe. <laughs> so, so I still don't fully understand what the question is. So it's like a moment where you realized, like. You could say, like, either it was metaphorical or you said it out loud, like, shut up and let me do it. I know enough about this, or I'm good enough at this, that I can take care of this. I know how to fix this problem or overcome this issue. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like that's that's my day job, is just solving problems. <laughs> so, um, man, that is a great question that I cannot think of a good answer for i'll handle this one for michael uh since the beginning of the band uh we've been (laughs) shutting up and letting michael do it i'll put it that way since like i mean michael was always older than us so michael just always he had more life experience even if it was by one year michael's always just been super mature so michael has been i mean especially growing up because the four of us we literally grew up together I think each of us, in a way, looked up to Michael in some facet of how he was like, it's like, oh, shit, Michael's managing his money, and he just bought a new car, and (laughs) Michael's house is better than all of ours, like, what the hell? Like, Michael's just, and but Michael's not like a, a bragging person, like, Michael's very humble, and he just knows what he needs to get done, and he just does it. There's no, like, drama so I would say, Michael, you've been shutting up and doing it your whole life, almost. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, like, I don't know. I always approach things. I have, I have rampant curiosity. Like, I've been a lifelong tinkerer. So, like, as a kid, I was, like, taking stuff apart and figuring out how stuff works. So, like, in terms of the, it's not really I know what I'm doing. It's more of a let's see what happens. And that's kind of how I approach a lot of things in life. Um Because, like, I did that with, like, an, with, musically, I did that with an effects pedal. Like, I had this pedal that... It was like the most expensive pedal I ever bought and it didn't sound, it had this issue where you turned it on and you get this immediate like treble boost. So I emailed the company. I was like, Hey, what's the, what can I do here? And they're like, I just do this one thing. And I spent the next like few months just trying to figure out how to do it. 
and I like drilled holes into the into the pedal itself, wired up all sorts of different things, tried and tried and tried, and eventually was like, yeah, this pedal sounds sounds great. But that's usually my approach to a lot of things is just trial and error and not being afraid to try things out. Then the flip side of that that also leads to like I made it. I have a wood shop in my basement, and my my table saw I actually made myself. Which uh, anyone who's like a good safe woodworker would say, why in God's name would you do that? That's super unsafe. And uh, you have to have a healthy sense of fear with a power tool. And that's how I have not lost many digits. So, Oh, my God. At a, at a, at a photo shoot in Brian's dad's basement, he drilled through his finger. Uh, and then he came back to the photo shoot after he, he came went back to the, to the photo shoot after the hospital. Oh, God. <laughs> He's our little trooper. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm missing part of a fingernail. Um, that's the oh, only damage, no. so. Wow. Yeah. Gabe, do you have yours, or do you want me to go? Um, I can go. I mean, I guess mine would be kind of like the, I guess, like the album art or like the single art. It's, we had a lot of trouble figuring out like, like designs for singles and whatnot in the past, so I kind of just took it upon myself to learn photo editing and be being able to like manipulate manipulate photos and things like that so um with the single art i kind of just learned the ropes of like adobe and other photo editing softwares and just send it to the to the guys like hey is this good and they're like that looks stupid and i'm like okay i won't do that again uh, <laughs> uh how, about, how about this one is this one okay oh we are we are honest with each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so hey Alex, I think this is horseshit. It's not going on the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so it was kind of. I mean, it was really easy at the time when I, when Alex and I lived together because I would just go into the living room and be like, "Hey Alex, is this good?" And he, he would be like, "No, no, no, change this and change that." And so I would, we would, he would kind of proofread it for me, and then it was like, "Okay, now you can send it." <laughs> I slept in the living room, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Not like he had a bed, but he just chose to slept in the living room. Alex's bed was in the living room. Yeah, we we had, we were in a really tiny apartment. <laughs> it was fun though. It was fun. So Brian, you have one? Yeah. Um, I guess mine for the band was when we wrote um the first single we released from this upcoming EP um about you. We were like literally in my mom's garage. Like this wasn't in like high school either. We were like all college graduates, but we were still practicing it wherever we could. So we were in my mom's garage and um, Alex had written this, the, the opening synth progression. Alex had written that and I think Michael or I came up with the chords and Alex had the lyrics. So I started putting the lyrics to melody and we were like chugging along on this song and we're like, oh, this is like this is a really good song. Like, oh, we, we like the song a lot. And we got through the first chorus, and then we're like, okay, what should happen now? And I had this moment, I was like, I know what should happen now, and I wrote this synth line, and everyone was like, that's what should happen now! Yeah. And it was like, it, it was just like this perfect moment of all of us, like, everyone being like, what should happen? And I knew exactly in my head how, what should happen in the song. Yeah. So that's like, that was like my big, like, oh my god, maybe I, I can write songs, like, I, like, because... When we write songs, it's really collaborative. Like, mm-hmm. Michael will present some lyrics, or Alex will present some lyrics, or I'll have a riff, or Michael will have a riff. And it's it used to be, like, someone would come to practice with a whole completed song, and we would just learn that person's song. Yeah. But with especially everything on this upcoming EP, it's a true collaboration between all of us. And that moment, writing that first song, was like, oh, God fuck this is good like 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 oh god this is a good song so yeah that was like a real good moment of validation for me as like the front man as like a member of the band being like wow like we really just did this shit together yeah in the in the past i would say we had a period where someone would write a majority of the song and it kind of was like no one really expressed their opinion if they liked it or they disliked it uh, and then eventually got to the point where it's, we were, <laughs> anyone, any member of the band would be like, ah, I hate that song. I've always hated that song. I don't like it. And so. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. why, are we, why are we playing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then since then, I think it was even since like, since the name changed, we were like, okay, we're going to be completely honest. If we don't like something, we will say it. Like we're comfortable with each other to, to say like, that's stupid. <laughs> 
So yeah, those are our, our moments. Those are the Hawkshaw shut up and let me do it moments. So science wants to know, what is your guys' favorite food? And we're going to start with Alex again. I keep putting Alex so, on the spot. He has to answer all the uh, questions okay. first. No, it's okay. So um, I, got, I got really sick my sophomore year of high school. I got, I got really sick. I missed two weeks of school. And the issue, one, the issue that happened, essentially, I couldn't eat solid food. So I lost uh, about 25 pounds in 10 days. Um, and he and looks fantastic. I, uh, actually, it was 14 days. It was two, it was actually, it was over two weeks, but I lost 25 pounds and I couldn't eat solid food. And after I got out of the hospital, my parents said, you can have whatever you want. And I was like, whatever I want. I was like, they're like, yeah, I mean, keep it like, again, I'm like caviar. We can't afford it. But like, like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, well, I've always wanted to order a pizza and then I've always wanted to order Chinese food and then put the general so's chicken on the pizza and, and eat General So's pizza. So my favorite food is uh, General So's pizza. But uh, I will settle for either Chinese takeout or pizza. <laughs> a pizza of your own invention. A pizza of my own invention. I like I like my things to be one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a new one. Because I've seen like macaroni and cheese pizza. And then, you know, there's the argument over pineapple on pizza but never general chose chicken pizza that's that's a new one uh and also i'm part of the the pineapple the pineapple pizza train i love i love pineapple pizza you better be <laughs> all right gabe I favorite would, food yeah i'm just gonna uh, comment on alex's i would say that tracks uh because he likes to customize a lot of things and he, <laughs> he builds his own stuff all the time um but my favorite food, I would say, is probably Indian food. Um, Damn it. It's just, I always like the flavor of, of uh, that food. And uh, But lately, it's actually been pizza. I've been just eating a lot of pizza because I hate myself. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite food, it's, it's definitely Indian food. Um, well, I also like wings. I'll just stick with Indian food. I'll stick with Indian food. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Mike. Favorite food? My go-to would definitely be... Uh, it would be tacos. Like, I could always just... I'm always down for that. Um, to, to, like, in a, a bad amount. Like, I have so many... Like, you know you buy, like, corn tortillas and you can get, like, a 10-pack? We just buy, like, 10 packs of 30. And we go through it all, so... That's, yeah, it's a little excessive. Jeez, Mike. I no, mean, you we can know put a this. lot in a taco. Huh? Yeah. Easily customizable. Yeah. Very family friendly. All right, Brian. Um, well, everyone took my answers. Yo, when so I guess. Stop. <laughs> I'll change yeah. mine. My favorite no. food is bread. If we're being really honest. <laughs> um, I, I, would say, I would say either... Chicken wings, like, uh, I love chicken wings. I'll eat chicken wings any time of the day. You bring them to me for breakfast, I'm ready. <laughs> um, or or pasta. I feel like pasta is like pizza. You can just put whatever you want in it, and mm-hmm. no one can tell you you can't because then you're just a chef, and then you make your own rules. But, yeah, probably <laughs> me and Gabe, there's, me and Gabe went to – well, Michael went there too, but we – we all went to the same community college for um, a few years each, and there is this wing place. It's like a chain, but to us, it was everything. It's called Wing Stop, and me and Gabe would go there like once a week during community Ooh. college. <laughs> oh man, such good memories there. I mean, you just hold the wing up to your mouth and inhale, and just start coughing because they put sugar on top. It's no, it's so good. They put oh, sugar so on good. the wings and on the fries. It's so good. I don't want to talk about it, but let's. <laughs> when yeah. when like when Gabe has a relationship that ends, we would take him to Wingstop. It's true. <laughs> like, like seriously. Oh God, get him to Wingstop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh jeez. Oh man, you're bringing back those Wingstop memories, man. Well, uh, yeah, they're salty. <laughs> In more ways than one. And sweet. <laughs> mm. And sweet. Oh my God. All right. So 
What's what's everybody's life goals? Oof. And I guess we've Oof. been starting with Alex, right? But if Pass. everybody, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I know that's a loaded question. I, a, I mean, that's that. why we ask it. That kind of reminds me of um, I hate the question in a job interview, which is where do you see yourself in five years? Because yeah. um, I've genuinely said in job interviews, working a job I don't hate, um, and then subsequently did not get that job. But realistically, <laughs> like, <laughs> right, like, why does it matter where I'm going to be in, in five years for like a lot of people, especially like if you're like right out of college, because you're like, I don't know, figuring right. shit out and hoping I'm not dead. Right. Like, that's weird <laughs> to be like, I expect to be a middle manager at some rent. No, no one's thinking yeah. that. And if you're thinking that you're a sociopath. <laughs> so oh, I'm, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> my plan is to blow up and then act like, like I, don't I don't know, know nobody <laughs> <laughs> that's valid uh, yeah I mean I'll, I guess I'll st- what, what the question wasn't five years it was what are like your goals in life and yeah, they don't even have to be career related yeah. they can just be anything any goals um, as long as I'm doing something that involves creating music or creating live entertainment, I think I'll I'll be I'll be pretty happy. I just like whether it's what I'm currently doing forever or performing forever or you know m- not mixing cuz I don't like sitting in a studio. Props to Dan cuz I could not listen to myself as many times as Dan's had listened to me. I'm tired of me. But <laughs> Dan made us listen to you for a lot of times and I love you guys but Oh my god, oh, that project okay. took a long time. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I think my goal in life is just to keep working with musicians or as a musician. Um, because I, I don't think I'll be happy doing anything else. Okay, now Alex. Oh, um, mine, mine is basically this... Uh, just stay afloat. I, stay I, above the water. <laughs> stay above the water. No, it's, it's usually seeing people in my life do things with their life and I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I don't do that. It's more like a kind of this process of elimination that I'm, I'm working with. Um, so it's, it's mainly, I have a list of things that I'd like to make sure never happen. And then other than that, uh, I just play it pretty much play it by ear. I've never had that answer before. I really like that answer. That's learning <laughs> yeah. from experience right there. <laughs> I know what I don't want to do. Yeah, and I just won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, listen to any of our songs. Don't be like those people. It's really like it's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gabe. Oh, it's you my got turn? Anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, if we're keeping it related to the band, I mean, staying together. You know, being honest with each other. <laughs> oh, oh, Brian's giving me a signal. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, for me personally, it's like. Like I got, I got a marketing degree, and I couldn't do marketing. I don't like marketing. Um, and then I went into like the tech field. So I mean, and I like that field. I do a lot of like um, I help. I talk with a lot of web developers, and I deal with the web space. Um, so if I could just do that, I'm cool with that. I like working in the back end of websites and stuff. Um, but I mean, as long as I'm happy, you know, we're all staying together, playing music together, creating stuff, um, and not hating each other. I mean, that's, that's good by me. And we're all pushing towards our own personal goals while we're playing music. That's cool with me. Nice. Uh, Mike, I know you, uh, talked about like the, this reminds me of what, where do you see yourself in five years? (laughs) But did you, did you have anything else? I just want to make sure we don't skip over you yeah sure so um i would say i kind of agree with like uh, what brian was saying like um as long as i'm still making something like i always just like to just build stuff really so whether that's making music or building a guitar or whatever um doing stuff like that i think is always very fulfilling um there's a lot of lot to do in life you know so like um i would like to travel more that'd be cool that's not really a life goal more just a plan um but yeah, as long as I mean I'm still happy and I'm you know not homeless, that's always a good thing. Like the bar's a little low in some places, but um, as long as I'm still like kind of getting to be creative and and getting to tinker with stuff, I'm I'm happy. Mike's also other goal is to fake his own death 
depth, yeah, make his own death, move to like Montana and buy a bunch of property and just never tell anybody that he left. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a lot of weird, uh, weird ideas like that. That's one. Um, I've got one where like it'd be great to. Uh, I don't know. I'll just we can talk about that later. But yeah. I've got a lot of weird, random. Wouldn't it be funny? Mike if I, just I have left a for conspiracy theories podcast. You guys want to stick around? <laughs> For anyone who wants to stick around, we have a conspiracy theories extra on today's <laughs> podcast. So, do you guys have a quote that describes you? And if you don't, that's okay, because sometimes people are like, what is that question? Why would I have a quote? But if you do and you want to share it, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I don't think we have quotes, but we like to kind of, uh, like, say jokes off of, like, comedy specials or, like, shows that we think is funny think are funny um so we do that yeah if you've hung around us for 12 minutes you we there's a chance we've quoted an entire john mulaney special in those 12 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if i can think of an exact quote but one time alex described us as the characters from the jungle book in that uh (laughs) gabe is Mowgli and alex is baloo and mike is bagheera and i'm king louis uh, because Gabe it's, and Alex, it's, it's Mike, pretty accurate. Mike and Alex are really good at taking care of Gabe, and I'm really good at being like, "Come on, Gabe, let's go do this other thing." Let's not, <laughs> no, don't worry about that. Let's do this other thing. And I'm yeah. always singing show tunes and like just dancing around. And Mike's like Bagheera because he's like, "No, we, like okay, that's cool, but let's not do this right now." And Alex just like, "I'm floating in a river. Everything's okay." <laughs> and Gabe's like, "I was raised this way. I don't know." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh Shere Khan is poverty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that answer too. I really do. There's a quote and, that we and, have in one of our songs. I like it's not something that one of us created, but it's it's uh, from a comedy special, but it's uh people like me shouldn't be in charge of people like us. Um mm-hmm. Now, the comedian who made that joke, or who said that, he's uh, a little controversial now. But I think it was super fitting at the time, especially in Gargoyles and at the time when his special came out. We were like, oh, yeah, that's super fitting. Um, and Alex was the one that brought that quote up and put that in the song. And um, hmm. I definitely can sympathize with that where, like, none of us should be in charge of, like, yeah. the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when people ask you, like, well, what would you do? It's like, well, I don't know. Not that. <laughs> But I, I don't know. But I shouldn't. But I shouldn't be in charge. Yeah, like, yeah. People like me shouldn't be in charge of people like us. It's yeah. That's the that's the idea. Yeah, I don't know what I would do either. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you. It's it seems like especially nowadays if you say how you feel politically about anything, and we won't get political, obviously. But it's like I feel this way. It's like. Oh yeah, well, would you do that if you were in charge? It's like I'd probably cry on the floor if I was in charge. <laughs> like some days, it's like some days I don't eat till five. Like I can't worry about other people. Like <laughs> there's a reason you see a president need, go from uh, like looking their age to looking 15 years older to then ending a pre- presidency and being like, ah, I'm gonna get 15 years of my life back. Like literally every president <laughs> when they left got 10 years yeah. younger. Yeah, I, I need a scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for another loaded question. What's your favorite album? Like of all time? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Not like of go... the month. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do we want to keep going in the same order we've been going in? Sure. Yeah. Alex. Start with Alex. Uh, uh, my favorite. My favorite album is uh, is probably. Um, Hot Fuss. It's the Killers' first album. Um, the Killers were or the band. When I figured out there was good music, it was like, oh, the Killers. Before that, it was just you know the radio or whatever kind of CDs I could scrounge around my house. Um, so the I love the album, and I, I just I liked the idea of their sound is only four people, but it's such a big sound. And it's not just focused on the instrumentation and it's not just focused on the lyrics. It's this awesome mix of both that I, I really, I really gravitated to. And so that's my, probably my favorite album of all time. I've listened to it just beginning to end, I don't know, 
over a hundred times. Um, the the each song is different, but the whole album has a tone to it. It's not just like a, a great. It was my first experience of like, oh, this isn't just a greatest hits album. This whole this this album has a sound, and if and it's like, oh, and if you listen to the next album, that album has a sound. But I don't really understand that. You know that that's that was a that was what you were trying to do. I thought it was like, oh, bands just have one sound and they do that every time. But that 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 was the album when I started like looking at, you know, what music is more than just a surface level kind of bunch of noises. I think you're the first person who's given us only one album. Maybe well, you the said you, you asked for one album. <laughs> I, I know, but will... everybody's like, that's such a loaded question, and they list at least like 12. I, just, I, have, a, I have a playlist of songs that um, just like make me like feel good, and the, most of the playlist is, you know, from that, is that, is that album. That entire album is on the list, and then a couple from a couple of different – like from a bunch of different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was basically me like, okay, so I have Hot Fuss, and that's just what tells me it's my favorite album. Others include A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic! at the Disco, um, Plastic Beach by The Gorillaz, um, and um, Remain in Light by The Talking Heads. I love A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a, it's, a clo- it's a close second. If, 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 there was more, if there was more bass and bounce in some of the songs, it'd be up there with number one. But it is a solid album. It's, like my, it's definitely my number two. Like I can put them in order. <laughs> I live for small Brendan Urie. Like before he was like big. Don't we like, all? I live for him. I think he's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> he was just like a little like he was like seventeen, and then he would just say like crazy things. He would like, just he quote would... Chuck Palahniuk books, and everyone was like, "This guy," yes. and I was like, "This guy." <laughs> but like, yeah, that album's so good. Talk about albums with a theme. That that that's that's like. The whole album is one long song, essentially. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabe. Um, well, I had two, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it to one because I don't want to be that guy. I would probably say Wasting Light by the Foo Fighters. That's a really good album. I remember when I first heard that album, I'm like, oh, my God. this! I'm going to learn all the drum parts for everything, and Brian and I would play all the Foo Fighters and songs. he did and we did and we, <laughs> yeah there is like there is a history of this band where we if you go to the Foo Fighters greatest hit album we've played all those songs we played so many Foo Fighter songs and uh, not to steal Gabe Gabe I'll let you talk in a minute but like that album was like the first album we all got into together together like yeah. as a band we were like have you guys heard this? And we're like, yeah. Like, that's, like we're like, this album's amazing. Like front to back, this album is good. And we learned all the songs. Sorry, Gabe, you can keep yeah. going. No, no, no. It's, it's cool. Um, but what, I forget the, you're going to hate me for, hate me for this. I forget the album name, the album before that one. Was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Silence, Patience and Grace. Is it that yeah, one? Yeah. 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 Thank that you. That was that one. Um, yep. I heard that one and heard that first and, that made Taylor Hawkins my favorite drummer. And then when I heard Wasting Light, I'm like, oh, oh, snap. He can really slap. And then, you know, I got into that. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yep. Yeah, my dad would play the same Foo Fighter song my entire life. <laughs> the just same the, one song. Um, the same, just the one song. He would play um, Learning to Walk Again, whatever that song's called. I think it's called uh, Walk. Walk. Yeah. walk. And he would just play that like like at least once a day when I was like, I don't even know how old. And then I was like, please don't play this song ever again. I don't want to. He's hear like, it this anymore. is all music is. <laughs> oh my god! Before I had an iPod, like before I had like an iPod and had to listen to the radio, the radio station would kill songs for me because of how often they played them. They still do that for me. I would work in a restaurant and I was like, if I hear. Castle on a Hill by Ed Sheeran. One more um, time, I'm gonna quit this job. For me, growing up on DC 101, it was Savior by Rise Against. I heard uh, that song yeah. so many times. <laughs> you could pick the order of the songs. You're like, okay, they're gonna play Savior, and then they're gonna play Paralyzed by Finger Eleven. Then it's gonna be The Pretender, and then Bleed It Out. That was like their that was that was their set list. I remember when I got into that band, and then I started noticing they never have a guitar solo, and I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of listening to this band. 
it's a shame because rise against has a couple of good songs but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. then they got definitely. like dc101 just played them to death like they almost did to the death. same thing to frank it turner where like yeah. he's a good musician but they just kept playing um one of his songs just a recovery just non-stop i'm like yeah okay he's got a lot of good songs though you could just not play that one yeah you're gonna play yeah. forever yeah it's like Rick Springfield, how he's like, why did Jesse's Girl have to be the song I got famous for? It's the best song ever written, and you know that, Alex. <laughs> Dude, it's like Spirit Spirit in the Sky is like truly like just with the data to back it up, the best one-hit wonder in the history of like modern music. That guy wrote that song in like 15 minutes, and then spent a couple days to make it better. But he released it in what, like 1969, and he has lived off those royalties ever since. Have you listened to a single other song that guy's made? I don't even remember his name. But you Have all you know listened Spirit to any baseball movie without that song in it? No, you haven't. <laughs> Every movie that's about baseball has that song in it at some point. Wait, really? <laughs> I would bet money on it. Even, even if it's um, a- even what's the one, the crap, the one with Madonna in it, even that one? Oh, the, the one where he's like, there's no crying in baseball, but I can't remember the name of it. I, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen that movie in years, and I would bet at least $5 that song is in that movie somewhere. I I believe you honestly. Can't think of the name. <laughs> That's okay. This is a podcast. We make our own facts. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Mike. Do you have a favorite album? Yeah, since I can only pick one, unfortunately. Um, yeah, my my top one would probably be Narrow Stairs by Death Cab for Cutie. Um, Knew it. <laughs> sound like a total hipster. <laughs> my it. taste in music's weird because like my favorite guitarist <laughs> is John Frusciante of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but like the thing, my problem with their albums is like they're great musicians but damn are they just long albums and i'm like i get it that's cool you guys heard about california (laughs) right (laughs) um but i will say some honorable mentions since we're gonna do that um we're talking a lot of shit about our favorite bands (laughs) i I love the chili peppers they're fantastic like i'm a i'm a chili peppers fan we've covered so many other like of their songs Uh, them and the food fighters like yeah. Those are bread and butter for the longest time. Frusciante's probably like the most influential guitarist for me. Um, and I think he does great stuff. I think the band's great. It's just like in terms of when I think of like like an album I can just listen to from start to finish, like Narrow Stairs is that. Um, I could also, my honorable mentions for the sake of it, because I'm going to not answer the question correctly, would be um, the entire discography of the Beach Fossils, because that's probably the greatest progression of a music's sound, of a band's sound I've heard ever like it went from super ambient surf rock to just hearing every album just get better and better where i could just pretty much put start from the first one end with the last one and be like yep that's that's satisfying they did a reverse radio head yeah it's and they keep getting better i haven't i don't know if they have a new album it's been a few years but and then my other one that'd be an actual album is, is love you to death uh by tegan and sarah nice all right brian you're up um, I got this one. I got I, this I one. Guess, okay. uh. <laughs> no, let me do it. <laughs> um, I'll start with the honorable. Wasting Light's definitely an honorable mention for me because that was like the first song that inspired how I wrote songs. Like, that, or not first song, first album that like really inspired my songwriting. And like I said, it means a lot because we got into that album together as a band and it influenced our sound a lot. Um, my favorite album of all time is probably AM by the Arctic Monkeys, and Alex just said it at the same time I said it. <laughs> AM, that album has influenced more of me as a musician than I think any other album that's ever been made. I think and your personality I, overall, honestly. I think so, too, because my hair is black right now, probably because of that album. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that album, like, I don't know if anyone else has this moment, but do you ever hear a song... And you're like, I didn't know songs could sound like this. Like, even though, and it's not even that unique a song, but to you, it's like, whoa, like, I did not know. That's like how I was when I first heard Are You Mine, which was like a single they released that wasn't on that album, but ended up being on that album. It like, I heard that song and I was like, what is going on? And I really like Alex Turner as a, a singer and a lyricist because... He's not just like a straightforward lyricist. Like you, it, you listen to the lyrics and you're like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" And then his accent on top. Yeah, and then his accent on top of it, you're like, "Now I gotta look it up because I do not understand what he's saying." <laughs> um, but I really liked, and if you listen to our music, I definitely take a lot of influence from it because I really like that his singing pattern isn't just 
straightforward singing or here's a singing bit, here's a talking bit. Like, it's so rhythmic. It's not just about, like, the notes. Like, every note has a very specific rhythm to it as well. And the way he writes melodies, they could also stand alone as, like, a rhythmic exercise or, like, a rhythm example. Like, just how he bounces from word to word. And that album as a whole just, like, blew my mind about how to, like, create sounds with guitars and synthesizers, even though synth probably isn't one of the first instruments you hear with that album. It's buried underneath, and that album really taught me a lot about layering sounds and creating a full work that is a song. Because I think for a while I was just like, songs have guitars, and then the drums hit stuff, and the bass plays with the guitars playing, but lower. And that's music. (laughs) (laughs) but like when I started to get into like the Arctic Monkeys which led to like a lot of other bands like the Kooks and Walk the Moon and other you know bands like that it really expanded my knowledge and how I interpreted music and I think it it just influenced me more than any other thing so AM definitely my favorite album of all time yeah if you didn't say that I was gonna get real upset (laughs) no no I think if I didn't say that you were all gonna go uh excuse me Brian but you're lying (laughs) See, I feel like that's another one of the albums that, like, we all grew, we all liked, like, at the same time. Like, Wasting Life was that first one. Like, AM came out, and it was like, oh, shit, this is amazing. And and this is the next thing we like. Yeah, Yeah, and we all, like, we we were all, like, saying, no, we were like, fuck you, this is the best song on the album. Yeah. Like, (laughs) we all liked it for different reasons. All right, so before we go, is there anything anybody wanted to say that we didn't touch on? Um... I just want to say that uh, I love Gabe and Alex and Michael. They're my best friends in, in the whole in, world. In that order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the order again? <laughs> what was it? You were first. I okay, was last. Now, it's okay. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I just, you know, we, we have a new EP coming out June 1st. We're recording this May 29th, so I don't know when this episode will be released, but by the time you hear this, you hear my voice, the EP will probably be out. Um, it's called Relatable Content. Go check it out. We worked really, really hard on it. Um, shout out to Dan, who's our producer, our mixing, our mastering engineer, who works with York Volume and YCP Studios. He, I would consider a fifth member of the band for that album because Dan just gave us so much insight and production tips and songwriting tips to make that album ep whatever you want to call it what it is and what it's going to be when it's released so please check that out we all worked really hard on it and it's probably our favorite stuff we've ever written so check it out and i haven't told anyone this yet but gabe dan did play all the drums on the album we took all years out oh oh okay Uh, i'm I'm okay with that no big deal (laughs) (laughs) um that's what i wanted to say do you guys want to say anything listen to Um... our EP. Okay, that's what I said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, also, so, I want to say it too. Uh, if, if you want some stickers, uh, <laughs> we have we have them on Redbubble, but some of them are set to private until we fix the spelling errors. Because we can't spell. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Thanks for having us on this. Um, this was yeah. Thank you. It's always fun doing doing things like this, and we don't do it too often, so it's nice. Yeah, it's always fun to talk to each other because we don't, uh, especially right now, like I was so excited to do this all day because I was like, I'm going to get to talk to other people. This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and every time you ta- have a Zoom call, it's like, yes. Yes. Not every time. Sometimes it's, <laughs> well, sometimes you're like, oh God, I got to talk to someone. But this is true. like, like it's my best friends and you guys. And I knew we were going to have a good time. So I'm, I'm really happy we did this. And yeah, stick around for Alex and Mike's uh, Conspiracy Theory podcast. Yo, I'm sticking around. (laughs) 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 But yeah, thank you guys for being willing to do this. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so this has been Backbeat Conversations. Um, Just in case you've stumbled upon this, um, we use Audio Boom to upload so if you're like i can't find the podcast where did it go you're probably on audio boom and you'll notice that there are nice pretty little icons right next to the episode and you can click through to all of the uh services that there are and i'm sure you have one of them we release every thursday at 10 a.m 
And again, this week we had on the Hawkshaws, who are signed to York Volume and have an EP out that I'm requiring you by law to listen to. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you.